it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Manners Masterclass. I'm Manners, of course, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by nine-test veteran Jackson Bird. Jackson Bird played nine tests for Australia, taking 34 wickets. He's also the all-time leading wicket-taker in the Sheffield Shield for Tasmania and has taken 350 wickets in the Sheffield Shield at an average of 21.99. He's now made the move back to New South Wales and is contracted to play for the Blues for the next two seasons. All right, before we get into the interview with Jackson Bird, this episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Yes, you can grab an exclusive deal by heading to nordvpn.com forward slash cricket unfiltered. You get a big discount on the plan, getting four months for free if you sign up for two years and you get a completely risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. There's never been a better time than right now than to sign up for a VPN. If you're a sports fan and a cricket fan, as I know you are listening to this show, then you can watch cricket from anywhere in the world by using your VPN. Yes, if you're travelling and you've got your sports viewing app on your, your device, you can just switch the VPN to change your virtual location, and then you will never miss a ball. To grab the exclusive offer and never miss a ball of cricket, head to nordvpn.com forward slash cricket unfiltered. I put those uh, links in the episode notes, so head to nordvpn.com forward slash cricket unfiltered. All right, now it's time to get into the interview with Jackson Bird. Jackson, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. Now, I don't know if you remember, but you've actually come on this podcast once before. Back in July 2017, you were one of the very first cricketers to come on the show. I remember the, there was a contract negotiations, a kind of um, all the players came off contract and I reached out to your manager and got you on the show and we had a chat. So that was six years ago. Lots happened since then. Has, yeah, yeah. Firstly, you, you've moved back to New South Wales from Tasmania. You know, you had such a glorious career in Tasmania, the, the all-time leading wicket-taker for them. Uh, you know, you top ten, the number 10 in the shield wicket-taking 
list, you know, what are your memories and, and what, what have you taken with you from your time down in Tassie? Um, yeah, it was obviously 11 years ago I moved down there. I'm very thankful for Tasmania um, for giving me an opportunity to play first-class cricket or to be involved in a, a professional environment. Um, New South Wales at the time was obviously, you know, a really strong um, group of fast bowlers, so there was just not enough room for me, so I was lucky to get that opportunity and, you know... I was probably luckier that I slotted straight into a really good team at that time. It was probably the golden era of Tasmanian cricket. You know, guys like Hilfenhaus, Butterworth, Bailey, um, James Faulkner in his prime. Um, so I was lucky to come into that sort of bowling attack and didn't have to try too hard or do too much. Everyone sort of complimented each other and I sort of got the wickets on the back of those guys' hard work. So, um, yeah, look, I love my time in Tassie. Um, met my partner down there, had two kids down there, you know, love the community, but I suppose I was getting to a point in my career where I just wanted a, a new challenge and, you know, our, the contract negotiation sort of drew, was drawn out a little bit and I suppose the longer it went on, the more I probably thought that I wasn't probably going to get what I wanted at this stage of my career. Um, so, yeah, I was lucky enough that Shippy sort of, we kept in contact, we do anyway, because he's a great man to talk cricket about. So, yeah, we just opened up the dialogue, I guess, about coming home and very thankful for Shippy and Greg Mail and Maxi Klinger for getting a deal done because it's great to be back home. And what have they told you about why they've they've brought you into the squad? I spoke to Shippy a little bit about it um, just to sort of come in and, and be that sort of senior senior player I guess, um, senior bowler after Trent Copeland's left so um, you know obviously the, we've got Sean Abbott who's played a lot of cricket but we're not sure sort of how much he's going to be around this year with the World Cup being on and him being pushing I guess, Australian selection. So if you look across our group, it is a pretty young group when you take out all the Australian guys. Um, so, you know, I think the role of a senior player, I think it's really important that senior players are around to help those younger guys navigate their way through the early stages of their career. I think that's, that's really important because it's, you know, first-class cricket is hard. And if you're not going as well as what you would have liked or, you know, you're sort of coming up against things you might ne- never have gone through before, it can be pretty hard. So... I think if you can lean on the senior players that have been through it before, it can make it a little bit easier and hopefully you can turn that. Uh, you don't have to think too much about that and you can put that into your performance. And do you get rewarded out of helping younger players? Is it something you enjoy? Yeah, well, I think as your career sort of transitions um, towards the back end, I've obviously lost, not lost ambition to play for Australia, but I'm realistic that that's not, not going to happen. So your sort of goals sort of move away from wanting to play test cricket and then sort of moves into wanting to to win titles in in shield cricket and I think the best way to do that is to make sure that you help as many people off as senior players I guess you want all the your teammates around you to be you know I suppose the best versions of themselves and if you can help them in any way you can I think it's your sort of role as a senior player to do that. You mentioned winning titles I mean New South Wales a long way from that judging by last season's results. Tell me uh you know, when you were looking from afar at New South, the New South Wales team, you know, what were you thinking of them? Because, you know, for them to go through a winless season, you know, it's basically unprecedented. We're talking since the 1930s. Um, you know, some of the ex-New South Wales players can't believe it. You know, you were outside the New South Wales bubble. So what was your view on it? Um, yeah, look, it was obviously something that you don't see too often with New South Wales. Um, I was talking to someone about it. The other day, you know, it's it's never, you know, it's not too long in between success for New South Wales. Just the way that the the pathway system is and how strong New South Wales are. 
um, with players coming through. Um, I just think it was one of those years, I guess, in terms of the senior players probably weren't as consistent what, as what they would have liked and the younger players weren't as well. So usually you sort of have one group that's pulling the other group along, whether it's the older guys doing the job or the younger guys pulling those sort of older guys along. So I think it's just a consistency thing. And I think, you know, the, if the guys can sort of, you know, decrease the gap between their good and bad days, uh, their good and their worst days, um, I think that'll help help massively and from what I've seen in the preseason so far everyone's working hard and they're really keen to sort of try and turn it around you know it's hard sometimes with the New South Wales team with so many guys in the Australian setup it can sort of just be a different team every week so yeah it'll be interesting to see you know how we turn it around but I think all the signs in the preseason um, have shown that we're going to have a, a strong year and Looking forward to seeing how some of the younger guys go. And when you came up against New South Wales last season, did you feel that they were a little bit weaker than in years past or a bit softer? No, definitely not. We played them twice in – they beat us twice in one day as in the one-day competition. Um, they were probably going to beat us at the SCG as well and the last day got rained off. Um, and we were in a pretty good position in, in Bell Reef when it got rained off for the last day and a half or the last two days. So um, I didn't – didn't notice anything different. But yeah, I guess looking over the season, it's obviously not the season that they would have hoped for and what they would have liked. So um, from talking to some of the players, I think you know that a lot of chances were dropped last year in the field, which is obviously something that you can't do in first-class cricket. I think if a bowling group is having to create an extra 30 chances <laughs> over, the, over the space of the season, it can be hard work. So... Um, you know, we've had a really big fielding focus this pre-season and the boys have been feeling great, uh, fielding great, trying to rectify that. Um, and then in our skill sessions, they've been really competitive, which is a really good sign this early on in the pre-season. Everyone's competing against each other. Um, that's sort of a word that we spoke about earlier in the pre-season is that everything we do is just to compete, whether it's at training or in the game. So from what I've seen this pre-season, it's been great so far. Terrific. So going back a bit, you know, moving to Tasmania, I mean, it paid off for you in, in spades. You, you, you made your test debut on the back of that move. You played nine tests for Australia, taking 34 wickets, best bowling of five for 59. Three of those nine tests were on MCG flatties, so you got a bit dudded there. But <laughs> I was actually at your test debut in, um, at the Boxing Day test in 2012 against Sri Lanka. I think was that I think that was the game Mitchell Stark was rested yep. and blew up about it because he hadn't played a Boxing Day test. I think I bowled more game more overs in the game. Uh, he bowled more overs in the nets than I did in the game <laughs> that week because we flogged him. So I remember. So yeah, it was pretty unfair on Mitch, but obviously good for you. Yeah. So do you remember getting the baggy green? Would well, you first remember when you found out you'd be in the side? I do. Um, I was sitting. I was obviously in Melbourne for. Big Bash, playing for the Melbourne Stars at the time. And um, Ali DeWinter, who's now coaching at New South Wales, he was the Australian bowling coach, but he was my first bowling coach at Tassie. So he gave me a call. Sorry, Johnny Verarity called me and told me that I was in the squad, which um, I was you know, I was pretty happy with because I was pretty disappointed. A couple of tests before, Hilfenhaus and Siddle were injured, I think, and they brought in Hastings and um, Josh Hazelwood. And I'd had a pretty strong sort of first half of the year and the year before. Um, so I was pretty disappointed to not make that squad. So I think it was just relief when I saw someone else went down and I um, got called into the squad. It was, I guess, a relief, but obviously really excited. And and then hung, hung the phone up and I just thought to myself, well, I'm never going to play. And Ali DeWinter rang me straight away and he said, get your head around it because um, I think you're going to play because there's talk of resting Starkey. So I was, the nerves instantly <laughs> sort of crept in. So um, And then, yeah, I guess it was a pretty sort of surreal week. 
Who right. gave you your baggy green? Um, Bill Laurie did. So, oh, wow, the yeah, great which man. Is, yeah. Got him. Yeah. So I obviously grew up listening to him on the commentary. So, yeah, it was a huge thrill to, to meet him firstly and then get my baggy green off him. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what we had in common in terms of cric- our cricketing styles. <laughs> him being a – I think he was an opening batsman, wasn't he? Well, so. I think your last name might have uh, yeah. got him excited considering yeah. he loves birds. Yeah, but it was good because any time I did something in the next couple of tests, he – he was pumping my tyres up, so Great. <laughs> that was good. So, um, but yeah, you know, we bowled first, um, and I had the I had the new ball with Mitchell Johnson and got a wicket early, which was really good. So, settled the nerves a little bit. And but to be honest, I hadn't actually played that much cricket, first class cricket. I think I'd only played fifteen or sixteen first class games before I debuted for Australia. So, the nerves weren't really there too much. On I think I was just a bit naive to the whole occasion. So. I got a lot more nervous in the latter stages of my test career coming back in and playing a game here and there than I ever did in my first game. So It's interesting. Um, but you, you're in great form when you, you made your debut. I mean, I think, was it leading shield wicket taker? Then you started that season well. And in your second test, player of the match at the SCG against Sri Lanka, that must have been a, a big thrill in your hometown to, to be player of the match. Yeah, it was. Um Wadey was probably pretty unlucky there because Wadey got 100 in the first <laughs> innings and got us out of a bit of strife, really. So, uh, you know, I was obviously thinking that it was going to be him that got it. So I remember getting the tap on the shoulder right before the presentation telling me that I'd got it. So I guess to do that in front of my family and I had a lot of friends there as well that were, you know, on the piss and carrying on the whole <laughs> week. So uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was nice to do that in front of them. Uh, my parents sacrificed a lot for me to, to play cricket um, and to get to where I am. So, um yeah, it was good to – my dad actually lives overseas and he was randomly in Australia that sort of fortnight when I over Christmas. So I think that's one of the only professional games of cricket he's seen me play. So that was um, – it was a thrill to have him there as well. But, yeah, that was something I'll always remember. So I think – is your dad in filmmaking? Yes, is that correct? Is. Yeah. Um, you know, you spoke about the sacrifices your mum and dad made. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, dad, dad worked long hours in the, the film industry, um, was away a lot. So he wasn't around a whole heap um, just because of work and trying to provide for us, I guess, as a family. Um, so a lot of the hard work was left to our mum. To My brother was a reasonable cricketer as well growing up. So, you know, shipping us around Sydney, Greenshield, um, school cricket, going into the – we lived on the northern beaches and driving into the city during the week a couple of times a week for emerging blues training for me and my brother um, and all that sort of stuff, paying for cricket gear, so – it's a huge amount of work um, for them when there's no guarantees of getting anything out of it except for, I suppose, making your kids happy. So, yeah, I think every cricketer out there and every professional cricketer or high majority of us do owe a lot to our parents for making that sacrifice to put the time into us as young cricketers. Yeah, cricket is such a time-consuming yeah. game. I know one of the challenges with getting people to play cricket now is, you know, the strain it puts on their parents when you look at a game of football. Yeah. Go there a couple of hours, it's done, you go home, whereas cricket's sort of a, a whole-day event. So next stop in your career, the, you were part of the Ashes squad in 2013, and that was a, a very strange too. It started, I think, with Mickey Arthur as coach, then Darren Lehman was brought in. You played one test on that tour. A tough loss for Australia. I think they were 2 nil down when the rain came at Old Trafford, which could have got Australia back in the series, so a bit reversed of what happened this yep. last Ashes. I guess going on an Ashes tour must be a treasured experience. Yeah, like, I mean, like I said before about being naive, I think I was a little bit naive about 
that whole series. And now that I sort of look back on it and you see how big the Ashes series are over there now, I was sort of a bit oblivious to it when I was in that sort of bubble. But Do you think that's a focus thing? Do you think I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, yeah, I probably just didn't notice a lot of things that were going on. You know, going out of your hotel and there's paparazzi out the front and stuff like that. Like I was sort of the 15th man in that 15-man squad, so 18th in that 18-man squad. So so no news of the world stings nah, for no, you no. or anything? It was, almost, it was always after <laughs> Michael Clark and stuff like that, the sort of big dogs. So I was able to sneak out the back. But, yeah, it was a weird sort of series. We nearly won the first test when Ashenaga got 98. I think James Pattinson and Hads put on a really big partnership for the last wicket and we sort of... Nearly won that. We didn't play that well at Lords, and then we sort of so we're down two nil, and it could have been one all. We had him on toast in Manchester, so we sort of thought then, and even in for the fourth test in Durham, I think we were chasing. I can't remember the number, but Chris Rogers and David Warner put on a huge partnership for the first wicket in when we were chasing, and then Stuart Broad went on one of those sort of rampages that as he man. does, and took five wickets, and we lost. So we, even though it was a three nil sort of series loss. I think the group sort of felt that we turned the corner a little bit with them as a cricket team and then they came out the next summer and we beat them 5-0 and it's been sort of pretty much Australia since then apart from maybe one series. So, yeah, it was a sort of weird series, um, but it was a it was a great series to be a part of. So, um, you know, I was sort of close to making the next two ones over there. Probably disappointing that I didn't get to um, experience it as a more experienced player and take it all in for what it was, so... Yeah, I guess conditions in Bell Reeve are, are similar to English wicket, so your skill set would have been very much suited to English conditions. Uh, you know, sort of sort of stepping back a bit, I guess you, you're looking at your move from New South Wales to Tasmania and, and then the national stuff. Do you sort of feel like, you know, Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins have sort of been in front of you for a while? Like, how have you sort of dealt with that? Yeah, look... Uh- there's no doubt about it that they have um, been in front of me. And, you know, that was half the reason why I left New South Wales as well because those guys were all in front of me as well. So um, it's just part of playing professional sport. Um, it's something you can't control if guys are getting picked ahead of you. All you can do is prepare as well as you can and try and put the performances on the board out on the field. And then, you know, if you're doing well enough, you get picked. But Did you play a lot of junior cricket with those guys? No, I was a little bit older. So I was a couple of years older than, um, than those guys. Um, Look, I was lucky to be around the squad for as long as I was. I only played nine tests, but I was probably around for about 40 of those, 40 tests, 35 to 40 test matches, I reckon, um, on tours or in Australia, being in squads. So, yeah, I guess it's one of those things that in another world you could, you know, I could have played a little bit more. Um, but I guess I'm sort of proud of my test career. Should be. And, you know, I did everything that I could to be ready to go to play. Um, and I did everything, I feel like I did everything in performances in shield cricket as well as the one I could. So I suppose that makes me sleep a bit easier at night, um, knowing that, you know, I did everything that I possibly could. So, And, you know, those guys, there's James Pattinson as well, you know, he's, they're four great bowlers, um, all taken over, apart from Pato, all have taken over 200 test wickets. And I guess when I first started before them, it was Sid's, Ryan Harris, Mitchell Johnson, Ben Hilfenau. So I suppose to be in and around those names is, He's good, so I'm... Part of the fast bowling cartel, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back. You're listening to Menas Masterclass, and I'm joined by Jackson Bird. One memorable performance of yours, or a series that is memorable, is in early 2016, Australia went to New Zealand with the number one test ranking on the line. Big series. Steve Smith was captain then, and you put in a, a tremendous performance. It was, I think, in the second test, your best test performance of 5.59. Australia won that series, and then went on to um, become number one in the world. So that must have been a great tour and win for the team to sort of have that moment where you're number one. Yeah, it was. Um, and that was the first time I'd been back in the Australian squad for a, since the 2013 Ashes. I sort of had a run of run of injuries. Um, and then, you know, I bowled terribly in the first innings of the first test on the first morning. I was running into a huge breeze at Wellington and I just couldn't get it right and... You know, we came off, we bought, we skittled them and I was pretty sort of dejected and then bowled well in the second innings but didn't have much luck. But then the second test was that test that Brendan McCullum got 150 off 50 balls or whatever yeah. it was. So that Early was, uh, baseball. Early baseball, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I was lucky in the second innings to get some wickets because I wasn't bowling that great in the second innings as well and I was just sort of, I think I came off the field in, at tea and, or at lunch and I was gave myself a pep talk saying, come on, this is it. You've got to do something here and then... Got on a bit of a roll with the old ball, was reverse swinging and then changed the ball to a, the second new ball that was available and then took a couple of wickets there. So I was lucky because uh, I probably wouldn't have played again. If terrific I stuff so. there, I mean. But no, it was, it was, yeah, it was nice to contribute in a winning test match. I suppose parachute in on that number one test ranking for me because I obviously wasn't really around the team all that much in that sort of period. But yeah, it was it's nice to, a nice sort of memory from that. Absolutely. Did do, do you um now when you were watching the most recent Ashes and the the England England batters were doing a bit of a baz at the crease? I mean, it must be very off putting for a, a first class bowler when all of a sudden a batter starts playing T Twenty cricket. Or yeah, it, it definitely is because you know you can sort of cop it on the chin you know, a bit in the second innings when they're trying to build a lead, a quick lead and stuff like that. Um, you think that's part of the game, but when it's the you know, the first morning of a test match when they're doing that and all the field's out. Um, I can't imagine it'll be a great feeling feeling in terms of, you know, trying to build pressure and take wickets, but you've got everyone on the fence. So it's, um, it's an interesting way to play cricket. I've enjoyed watching it. I haven't really enjoyed all the carry-on. Um, no one has. No one has, Jackson. Around it. Um, Poms have let themselves down. Well, yeah, I won't comment too much on that. But no, I, will um, for, I will for you. <laughs> listen to the podcast. All yeah. I've done has been yeah. rubbishing the Poms for the last couple of yeah. months. But he's certainly uh, an exciting sort of brand of cricket, and they showed that it works. So 
And I suppose good luck to him. I feel that it's, it did knock our bowlers around a bit, though. Like, I I don't know. I think at some points we were sort of in between plans and stuff, which I think is when you get in trouble. A couple more things on your test career. So then you come in again to the Adelaide Oval in 2016 against South Africa under lights after Australia had been absolutely thrashed in the first two tests. A lot of players were dropped. That was, I think, Pete Neville, Callum Ferguson after one test match. It was a complete clean out. Did you come in after that? And playing the yeah. day-night test. Yeah, it was a it was a sort of bizarre start to the summer because mm. being in the tests, I've played in New Zealand and was on the winter tour to Sri Lanka, and then I'd never had any sort of um, no one had ever spoken to me about my batting being a problem. And that was that when was, Rod Marsh yeah. made that famous comment yeah. that he overlooked you for your batting. Who did yeah. you pick instead? Uh, Joe Many. Joe Many. I think it was to be fair to Rod, uh, he just got his messaging wrong. They wanted their third seam at about eight, and that was what he should have told me, and he didn't. So I was a bit confused after that and then I came in, I think Sid's came back early from a stress fracture and hurt his back again in Perth. So I came in as cover for that day-night test and then after that test, oh sorry, I came in for that Bell Reeve test. And that was when Australia got rock and roll for 85. Yeah. So I was only in there as cover, I wasn't really in the squad and then that was when sort of they dropped half the team and I came in in There's the rumours that test. in that Hobart yeah. test, the CEO at the time and the chief of the board came in and weren't too happy with the team. I'm not sure. I actually had to leave. Smart. Good answer. I left on day two because we had a shield game in Perth, so I had to fly from Perth um, to Perth. dodged a bullet there yeah, by the sounds of it. Not sure, but I did hear that, but I'm not sure what I'm not going to put yeah. you on the spot well, with that one. I don't work here anymore, so. <laughs> um. Um, so that was, but a win for Australia. They yeah. beat South Africa. I was there. I seem to have seen a lot of your test matches. That was my 40th birthday that, uh-huh. that, that time, and I went over for it. And then... From their 27-18 Ashes, and this is where I think all of Australian cricket feels sorry for you, picked at the MCG on the flattest wicket in eternity. Do you have nightmares about Alistair Cook still? <laughs> yeah. I think he on-drived me my third ball and like absolutely smacked it. And I just thought, sort of came down the wicket at me, which was not something you ever saw Alistair, Alistair Cook do very often, so... I just thought it was going to be a long, <laughs> long couple of days, and I was right. Yeah, it was disappointing. Um, I'm more disappointed that, you know, you get served up wickets like that in your career. You just have to adjust and adapt to those conditions. And I, to be honest, I didn't do it well enough. So that's probably the most disappointing thing that um, I didn't do that. Um, I didn't bowl that great as well. So that's probably the most disappointing thing. I can blame the wicket and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, I didn't execute as well as what I should have. And I guess, yeah, it's frustrating that they probably – few people out there, that's how I'm sort of remembered for my test career, which is disappointing, So, um, but can't really no. dwell on it too much. So, um. uh, Definitely not, that's not how you remembered, absolutely not. But that was just a you know, great series for Australia, 4-0, Ashes yeah. winners. So, you know, you're part of history. I mean, yeah. such a great moment, uh, such a great series to be a part of. And I guess it was the sacrifice, you see what the wicket's like at the MCG now. Exactly. It's a great wicket to bowl on, so yeah. and I guess I, I was just that sacrificial land. Yeah, <laughs> and I do think... Uh, you know, the drop-in wickets have really had some problems. Like SCG's been flat, well, was flat for a couple of years. Now it's getting a little bit of life in it. The MCG had a two or three seasons there mm. where it was pretty bad. So it does make it really hard on the fast bowls. I mean, yeah. I see it at the SCG sometimes after day one or two. There's yeah. nothing in it. Yeah, it was wicket. SCG last year was was really flat. So mm. not much grass. I don't think there was a lot of grass grown back from the after the World Cup. So. Yeah. The T20 World Cup, so it'll be interesting to see what it's like this year with Swans probably not making any home finals. So 
That's good for good for the um, cricket cricket yeah. pitch. Um, I know the first Shield match is due at Cricket Central, where we're recording this. I'm going to be commentating for a couple yep. of days of it. What are you expecting from the middle there? Yeah, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, you know, we're bowling out in the middle at the moment, and it's sort of hard to judge um, wickets in August compared to wickets mm. in a couple of months' time. So from all reports, it's a pretty flat wicket. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether they leave some a bit of grass on it or flatten it right out and try and get it to spin. So you'd probably want it as similar to the SCG as possible just in terms of, you know, sort of home ground sort of conditions for us um, being obviously two different grounds. So yeah, that's uh, Shippy was saying that uh, – Greg Shippy was saying that he wants – New South Wales to stop being on the road all the time. Yep. Stop going to Dremoyne and Bankstown and all these different yep. grounds. Play at the SCG yep. and play at Cricket Central where you know the conditions and you can really build a team to thrive. And I think Absolutely. that's really important because, you know, you go to Dremoyne, totally different to Bankstown. Yep. It's, it's very hard. Yeah, it's, uh, it definitely is. You know, we got down in Tassie, we had five games at Bell Reef where you knew the ball was going to nip around and you knew how to bat in those conditions or our top order um, would know how to bat in those conditions. So it makes it the more you play in those conditions, the easier easier they get. So um, I suppose you want to make your conditions as un- uncomfortable as possible for the teams that come in. So um, And it's hard to do that when, um, you know, every ground's different. So Well... Let's turn Cricket Central into a fortress for New South Wales. Green seamer, hopefully, but we'll uh, see how we go. <laughs> I've got a bit of a rapid-fire segment to finish with a few questions. Just last one, you, you signed on to play with the Sydney Sixers. The, the, they've shortened the Big Bash now from 14 games to 10 games per team. I think that's a positive mood, move. I think it will just enhance the competition and allow a little bit more room for it to breathe and a little bit more opportunities to get better players in. But from you know, your point of view, I've, I've heard some players disappointed because they want to play more games. But where do you sit on it? Oh, I think it's a good move. Um, I think you look back at you know the BBL when it was at its peak in sort of around that BBL sort of three to six or seven, that was, that was the amount of games that we played was around that. So I think the more games that are on, the longer it drags out and the less interest the people become so I think you want you don't want to be playing in front of big crowds and those crowds earlier on in the earlier editions of BBL were huge so um, even the round games so that's I think it's a good move great well you're stepping into a great Sixers team all right now rapid fire segment a few quick singles to end quick answers best captain you've played under George Bailey right messiest cricketer Jack Edwards that was easy. Yeah, he's you've only been his, you've only been in the well. I've you're had in him the, the sixes. Sixes He sits last. next to me, sleeves food in my. He's also yeah. a manly boy. Manly have, boy, yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah, his mess follows you everywhere. He's an absolute pig. <laughs> <laughs> What's the the most angry you've been on the field? Most angry. I think it's any time I don't score runs in terms of getting. I got a lot of pairs when I, I got two or three pairs in a season. I think. That's probably the angriest I get. Really? Yeah, but I've toned that down a lot since I've gotten older. Do you do? I like, don't really get angry when I bowl because <laughs> it's a long day if you're blowing your top all day. Interesting. So. Um, do you do like a Mitchell Stark when he, when I think Pete Neville declared before <laughs> yeah, his hundred? Do you like throw your pads? Yeah, in your I was bat? playing that game. That was pretty funny. Um, no, <laughs> not for no. Stark. I don't get too many for free of the cricket bats. So okay, I look so you, after you look after. <laughs> uh, happiest moment on the field? Oh, baggy green testo boo. For sure. Beautiful MCG test. Best batter you have bowled to? Best batter? Uh, Steve Smith. Really? Yeah, well, record speaks for itself, mm. really. So, What's it like bowling to Smith? Because 
looking at him, he sort of moves around a lot, but he seems to have so much time. Yeah, I, I was bowling to him in the nets in BBL last year when he was on that run where he scored a couple of hundreds, and I just felt like I was bowling 50 kilometres an hour. So he was just had so much time and could hit the ball wherever he wanted, um, and I didn't have any answers for him really. So, But yeah, he's... Uh, He's a hell of a player. Yep. Definitely. Biggest celebration after a win? Oh, probably BBL. When we won the BBL, that was pretty good. Um, which one? Which one? I'm just trying to remember the second one. Where was that where the, you were sort of still in lockdown, so you were partying by the Harbour Bridge? Yeah, yeah. so that was... Um, Footage of Dan Christian. I wouldn't say it was the biggest one, um, but it was great. So mm. yeah. Speaking of Jack Edwards, I... Um, he commentated on a game he played the next day. Yeah, well, I was talking about that yesterday with someone, actually. He's and I couldn't work out. In the first few overs, he couldn't run between the wickets. and no. There was a lot of confusion between him and the batter. But yeah. I think when Edwards decided just to slog, he was okay. I think he got some runs that day. <laughs> yeah, but I think he had a, a beer on the way to the ground that morning. So I'm not sure how he can. All right. Best opposition sledger. So, firstly, you know, leaving New South Wales, did you cop a lot when you play the Blues or...? No, I didn't cop a lot from the Blues. Um, friends with a lot of them. Good. Um, Victorians were always, mm. they'd always give it to you. So um, The Vic's the worst. Cameron White yep. wasn't too bad because um, I played at the Stars. Um, you know, <laughs> Bobby Quiney, Dave Hussey, those sort of guys. Um, Wadey? Well, he's yeah, Wadey, yeah, but I got along with Wadey all right, so it wasn't too bad. I'm um, a huge Matthew Wade fan. Oh, so I'm a massive, massive Matthew Wade fan. So. He's actually like... Underrated one of the, like the best all rounders in Australian cricket. Like who's like opened the batting? Like you know, p- played in the top order as a batter. Kept he can bowl at first yep. class level. Yeah, I call him the little general. Yeah, like Napoleon. Um, all right, last couple. Um, teammate you would least like to be stuck on a desert island with? Siddle oh. <laughs> would he be annoying after a while? No, Sid's a bit all right. Just trying to. Think back to Tassie days, or James Faulkner actually would be would absolutely do my head in. Why? It's just he's just got so much going on in his head, and he's always at you. Um, (laughs) Like great bloke, absolutely love him, but he would, yeah, be horrendous. Okay, with no personal space with him. So no Faulkner on a desert island. And uh, just to take the listeners into a bit of what makes you tick. So you know. like favourite movie? What's your go-to kind of movie? Um, I like the old school gangster movies like mm. Mafia movies, so Goodfellas, oh, Casino, you know, The Godfathers, those sort of movies. So anything like that with De Niro and um, Al Pacino in are usually pretty good. So. And do you have a go-to TV series at the moment? Uh, my favourite TV series was The Sopranos, Shock. Um, Not a shock at all. It's, yeah. Um, have you done a rewatch recently? Uh, I've started to. I started to not long ago, but I've sort of moved on to. I'm watching Succession at the moment, which is pretty interesting. So, um, so that's did, pretty good. I did a rewatch of The Sopranos during one of the lockdowns, yeah. and it was unbelievable. Yeah. It hasn't aged at all. No. It's still so good. But that's it, Jackson. Yep. Thank you so much for coming on the Cricket no Unfiltered podcast. Best of luck with your return to the Blues. You, you know, you're starting from a good spot, so you can only go up from here for the team. Yep. Uh, but thank you so much for your time, and uh, I'll see you during the season. I'll be commentating on some of your games. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.